When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ramping up with hockey for sure. Young Stars Tournament in Penticton going Friday through Monday. Oilers play the uh, Jets rookies on Friday. Flames rookies Saturday night. And an afternoon game against the Canucks rookies on uh, Monday. Main camp will start next week. We've got preseason games starting on the 25th. And we're going to launch right into it with five games in seven days to start off the Oilers' eight-game exhibition slate. And, of course, the Edmonton Elks moving into their final five games of the regular season, including Friday at Saskatchewan. And I'm pleased to be joined on the line by the punter for the Elks and also in the context of uh, the conversation we're going to have a former Seattle Seahawk. It is John Ryan checking in once again. John, good to have you back on the show. Reed here. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on, John. It's it's always good to talk to you. I, I, a few things I want to hit on here, both from your current life and maybe things related to your your past life, if I could call it that. I'll start there. Did you watch the Monday Nighter last night with Russell Wilson returning to Seattle to play against the Seahawks? Oh yeah, I definitely did. I was uh, I was pretty pumped to watch it, and it was uh, it turned out to be a good game. Uh, take me back to your reaction when he got traded a few months ago. Um, I was, uh, you know, a little surprised. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, pro football. So at the same time as I say I'm surprised that you could never be, never be too surprised because whatever, whatever can happen happens. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was just pumped to be, to be in Edmonton and to be able to uh, play for Chris Jones and be able to be in the city. Okay. Um, Tell me about, because if, if you're watching that, and I'm sure you know everybody is talking about the end of the game, Denver's driving, they're fourth and five, there's about you know 50 seconds left, they let the clock run down, and, and then they try the, try the field goal. I, I wasn't watching yeah. the Manning cast, but I watched it on YouTube this afternoon, and Peyton's like making the timeout symbol, and, and Shannon Sharp, the former Broncos, got <laughs> upset about happening. I, I'm wondering what you thought of that, and, and if you can provide any insight into what's going on on the bench in, in I know you don't always have a, the headset on, but I'm sure you're hearing stuff like what's, what's the chatter that's going on on the bench when something like that is happening. Yeah. It's uh it's usually a little bit of chaos to be honest with you. It's a, lot, a lot's going on. Uh, I was very surprised the way they, they approached it and the way they, uh, they, they handled it, uh, you know, just to uh, settle for a, a 64 yard field goal when you probably still have a little bit of time in the, uh, in the bank uh, to get a few more yards is a, uh, uh, I mean, uh, interesting call to say the least. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little confused by, by how they handled I think to uh, settle for a 64-yard field goal try is uh, a little bit ridiculous. So I don't uh, totally agree with how they handled it. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess if it's fourth and five and, and you don't get it, uh, you still have two timeouts left. But I think the Seahawks still could have taken most of the most of the clock down. And I thought too, John. I mean, it was so exciting for Denver to get Wilson as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a brand new head coach there for for Denver, but I, I just thought, and I, I, I'm curious your reaction on this, whether it's Wilson or whatever else. Like you're 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 kind of saying, okay, franchise quarterback, we're not going to give you the chance to get five yards to make the uh, field goal, you know, a few percentage points easier. No, no, exactly. I mean, they gave him a, a quarter of a billion dollars or whatever the crazy number is, is for a reason, you know, and that's, uh, that's you want to put the ball in his hands when it, when it comes down to it. And I feel like they kind of took the ball out of his hands, which was uh, definitely shocking and surprising to me. So, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still a little, uh, you know, 24 hours later, I'm still a little baffled by uh, their, uh, their decisions, uh, how they ended that game. Now, having said that, we've seen in in recent years place kickers get better and better, and it's it's not as if it, it's not as if uh, the kick was like you know fifteen yards short or whatever right. like that. Like no, clearly, no. clearly he uh, he he boomed it. But what's the and you know you've you know you're a holder as well, and you, and you held for the Seahawks in your career too. What's the like does the kicker establish does he tell somebody in the warm-up this is the distance i feel good at tonight does that established in practice what his range is going to be i'm just curious how that goes no that, that's a that's a that's a pre-game thing uh you know you kick on both sides of the field and you'll just go up to the coach after their wheel you know be like hey i need a 30 yard line this way for a 48 yarder and I, this way, I need the the 38 yard line for a 56 yarder, whatever it is. But that the, the, every single uh, kicker I've played with, and every single coach I've played with, that's kind of the conversation before the game. So um, in Seattle, uh, I don't uh, know a kicker who's ever gone up to the coach and said, "I stick, I'm, I'm good from 64." <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's uh, we're they're at their they're at sea level. It's uh, the marine layer. The ball doesn't fly very well in Seattle. So I've never been around a guy that said, "Yeah, I just coach, get me to the 48-yard line, and I'll uh, I'll hit this hit this ball for you," uh, or the 46-yard line. Uh, I've never been around that, so uh, it's interesting that that's the way they went. Um, I know that pro athletes are incredibly confident people, but do you think any place kicker in that situation is thinking, "Oh yeah, I can do it," even if he's never made one that long in his career? Just Justin Tucker because he's the most arrogant okay. kicker in the league. But other, other than that, I think that uh, every kicker kind of has that, you know, that competitive spirit where they're like, uh, you know, I want this kick. I want, you know, the, the whole Michael Jordan thing where I want the ball in my hands at the end of the game. I think every kicker kind of dreams of that. So they hit a 64-yard field goal to win the game. I think that's what every kicker dreams of. Uh, in reality, how many guys can actually do it and how many guys uh, are put in that situation, it's very few. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> as, as I keep on saying, I, I don't understand the call. Uh, what's the longest place kick you've seen made in practice or warm-up? Do you remember? Oh, that's a good question. Because 66 uh, is the, the longest in a game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen guys hit like 68, 69 uh, in, in practice. Um, when you go to the game, it's a, you know it's a little bit different of a situation with uh, with that pressure and with uh, you know a rush coming at you. But, uh, I think I've seen guys hit like 68, 69 uh, during practice. Usually, you know, out of the out of the holder, um, but not uh, not in a game situation. 
Okay. Yeah, a little different when there's a rush, right, and a time clock and, and maybe a, w- a win or a loss on on the line. Yeah, I, I, an interesting one for sure. It's 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 one for the armchair coaches for sure. And and again, I guess if he makes it, then then maybe we're having a different conversation. But it's it just seemed like they didn't play the odds to give themselves the the best chance to win, for sure. But I I think the yardage in the second half. Uh, I just brought it up here. Now I can't find it. But like they, the, the Seahawks, I don't even think they got 40 yards of offense in the second half, and they were still able to pull it out because of those defensive stands. Yeah, no, it was it was an interesting game at that point. I mean, I think Russell ended up throwing for over 340 yards or something like that, and uh, Geno Smith managed the game very well. And, uh, you know, I was uh, – even though I don't even know Geno Smith and I know Russell, I was very happy for Geno because he handled that game very well. He managed it very well, and you know he came out uh, he came out on top. And uh, he was obviously emotional after the game. And uh, you know I think he, he had one of the greatest quotes after the game. He said they they, they wrote me off, but I didn't write them back. And I was uh, I was I was like I, I want to go play football right now after hearing that quote because uh, you know it's one of those things where he was you know first round draft pick and he hasn't really done all that much. Um, in his career and now, you know, to have this opportunity and to kind of go out there and win one of the biggest games and probably, you know, Seattle history is, is pretty cool to see. All right, I'll ask you a fun one here before I transition to the Elk stuff. The Seahawks lime green jerseys that they wore last night and they, they wear sometimes in prime time, uh, yes or no, like or not? Not with the no, team anymore, no, so no, 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 no. I could not believe when they came out in those jerseys. I was like, this is this is one of the biggest games in Seattle in five years, and they come out in those skittle color green jerseys. I, I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. Uh, they have the the awesome wolf gray third jerseys, and these uh, these fourth jerseys are I'm not a fan of, and I'm not. I have some personal connections to it. Last time I wore that jersey, I got knocked out on national television on a Thursday night game uh, against the Rams. So uh, I have some personal uh, qualms about that jersey. So I was uh, very surprised when they came on that jersey. I don't, I, I don't like it. I, I never will. Uh, you play in the CFL now and, and prior to going to the NFL where most of the games are in the evening. There are matinees, but I, I think there we can safely say there are more evening games in the CFL, Friday night football, sometimes Thursday night. Uh, you know, A lot of times even the Saturday games are in the evening. In the NFL, most of your games are in the afternoon unless the team gets, and I know with the Hawks, you would have had a few primetime appearances. Which did you prefer? Did, like, did you like waiting all day to play or did you just want to get up go to the stadium and, and do your job and get it done? yeah it's, it's kind of i kind of have a, a mixed emotion about it in the in the nfl it's uh it's kind of nice you play you play at noon or at one o'clock and you don't have a, i'm a guy who's i have i have a bit of anxiety i get i get pretty nervous for games it's on the nfl when the game's at 12 or 1 you basically wake up at 8 or, or eight, 7 or 8 in the morning you eat breakfast you go straight to the stadium you're just kind of right into it Whereas in the CFL, you know, you have all day to think about it. So it's uh, a little bit different. But uh, as a punter, usually the wind kind of dies down at night. So it's a little bit easier to punt at night than in the afternoon. But uh, I don't have all day to, uh, to, to to get nervous like I like I do now in the CFL. Okay. John Ryan joining us from your Edmonton Elks, uh, punter for the team on Inside Sports Night. Okay, let's transition. And uh, I'm sure you knew this question was coming. A couple tough moments uh, for the special teams. The, the last two games, you had a punt blocked, uh, both of the games against Calgary. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of frustrating uh, game-turning plays on both of them. Uh, I guess I'll ask you bluntly, what, what happened on those plays? How do you guys clean it up? 
Uh, yeah, you know, those are tough plays. Those are plays you uh, you don't want to uh, relive, and it's always painful to go back into the uh, the film room on, uh, you know, Monday morning and watch those plays. And, you know, we just had some, some miscommunication up front, and, uh, you know, things like that just uh, they, they, they happen with a, with a younger team who's, uh, you know, kind of uh, evolving and uh, transitioning. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's rough, but, uh, you know, we're going to kind of move forward and hopefully put that behind us. Yeah, like how as a punter, are, are you are, are you feeling the rush, or are you just worried about uh, you know get the drop off, get the kick off, and uh, I, I'm just wondering like what you're seeing on right. plays like that, or maybe when there's a close one or whatever. Right, you you can feel some pressure, but. Um as a punter that everything happens very very quickly you know the, the snap is about 0.75 seconds uh by the time it touches your hand it touches your foot it's about 1.3 seconds so we're looking at times that are very very quick and so it, it, it's hard to uh you, you feel some pressure but it's hard to make a decision uh in in that quick of a time to you know pull it down or do whatever so it's uh it's, it happens all very quickly so it's uh you know it's just it's tough yeah, okay. All right. Well, hopefully uh, you get them all off this Friday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Look, uh, you know, I played a clip from Chris Jones earlier in, in the show tonight, and, uh, hey, we know we know the record is tough. We, we know you guys are in a bit of a tough spot yeah. to get into the playoffs, but he also said they, they already have an opponent. The coaching staff can't be an opponent. I, I can't come in here and just, just harp on them and beat them down all the time. Uh, like, is that a, a, an approach you appreciate from your head coach? Oh, big time, big time, and I think uh, one of the, the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons I'm here is because of Chris Jones and just how much respect I have for him, and uh, for him to bring me here just uh, meant meant so much to me. And uh, he's a guy that uh, him and I have been in contact with each other for the last five years since I got caught cut in the NFL, and uh, I always wanted to play for him, so I was, that was really cool. And just the way he's handled this so far is uh, I think it's one of those things where we all have to trust the process. You know, uh, we weren't going to maybe you know come out and win 14 or 15 games this year it wasn't uh, necessarily in the cards and you just have to trust this process and hopefully you know going on next year the year after is when it kind of kind of starts to turn and it, the tipping point happens and you know no one i know i've been uh, i've been in edmonton now for two months and people here aren't used to three and ten you know uh all those glory years people here are not are not used to that and they shouldn't get used to it because I think that yeah, the good times are coming again. And I think Chris Jones is the guy to to, to lead that. So I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped to be uh, to be a part of this right now, even though it doesn't look so good right now. Okay, uh, does it is it still special for you to go back to Regina and play, or is that worn off over the years? No, definitely, it, it, it's very special. Uh, I think uh, for me, not to, not to sound uh, corny, but I, every every professional game I get to play. Uh, you know, I've played uh, you know over 300 now in the, between the NFL and CFL. Every every game is special for me, and to be able to go back to where it all started for me and where I was born and raised, to uh, go back to the Riders, uh, a team where I was a season ticket holder since uh, 1990 until the day I got drafted in 2004. Uh, it means a lot to me, and to be able to play in front of all my family and friends. So. Uh, you know, uh, you you, you want to say it's just another game, but uh, to be honest, it's not. Well, and I and you told me a couple weeks, uh, a couple months ago, when you came back to the Elks, I did my follow-up question about the toughest places to punt, and you said it's no longer Regina and Winnipeg because of the new stadiums there. So uh, hopefully, a, fr- a friendlier environment for you to punt in. I, I want to flash back 
uh, hopefully there's a great story here. I, I read earlier today that when you were playing um, uh, for the U of R, did, did, did you – you played receiver, and did you have a 109-yard touchdown, which in the CFL is obviously the longest possible touchdown you could score on offense? What do you remember? I, uh, you know, in, in high school as a running back, and then in uh, the University of Regina, I played. I started receiver for all four years. And, uh, now, now that I'm older, I can kind of brag that I was. I was actually a pretty good. I do. Uh, I still have the uh, unbreakable record in the CIS or U uh, Sport, as they call it now, is a 109-yard touchdown reception uh that happened in uh, saskatoon saskatchewan and i still remember it very fondly so i i still hold on to that record and i still brag about it and it's a uh my own uh, trivial pursuit when i'm uh, around buddies drinking it's a uh, it's my uh, my go-to how much of the 109 was yak uh it was it was a, a 170 fly was was the play call and it was a. Uh, it was probably about a 40-yard catch, so it was about a 70-yard, yeah. I love you can still remember the name of the play. <laughs> yeah, amazing. yeah. It was, it was a 170 fly, uh, throw it up to Z no matter what, was the call, the call from Bernie Schmidt on her own one-yard line, second and, uh, second and ten from the one. All right. Well, that's a, that's a heck of a story. Thanks for sharing that. And John, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I enjoy your perspective on the uh, Seahawks, and I know fans appreciate uh, your honesty about uh, a couple of things the Elks have been struggling with. We wish you a good one this Friday against the Rough Riders. Hope we can talk again soon. Hey, Reed, I really appreciate it, man. That was fun. Right on. That is John Ryan checking in tonight. He is uh, the punter for your Edmonton Elks. So he said, yeah, we've had a couple blocked. We had some miscommunication. Uh, we got to clean up. And uh, he's a big believer in uh, Chris Jones, but he knows nobody out there is happy with the 3-10 and 10 record. Always good to talk to John. Really good interview. And uh, enjoyed his uh, befuddlement with what the Broncos did late in the game on 4th and 5, uh, not letting Russell Wilson run another play, and they tried the really long field goal. Good perspective there. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. I, I believe we'll catch up on some of your messages on our off-topic topic. NHL season approaching the Ottawa Senators. Uh, are they going to be much improved this season? We'll touch base with Gord Wilson, too. All ahead on Inside Sports. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay. 655, thanks for tuning in tonight. Good to have John Ryan on the show, punter for your Edmonton Elks as they get set to play in Saskatchewan on Friday. Six o'clock countdown to kickoff game at 7.30, so no inside sports on Friday. We will have the football game for you instead. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. Our off-topic topic tonight with the uh, Emmys last night, your favorite television show slash series of the last decade or so. Somebody went to Corner Gas. 
little little older than that, but at least it's this century. What do we have, Kellen? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple coming in before the top of the hour here. We got an anonymous texter saying, Inventing Anna and Better Call Saul. I have not heard of Inventing Anna. I'm I'm totally with you with uh, with Better Call Saul. What is Inventing Anna? There are so many shows. I I, I find there's there's too many to, to keep track of. What is it about? Mm-hmm. A journalist investigates the case of Anna Delvey, the Instagram legendary heiress who stole the hearts and money of New York elites. Okay, there's one for the list. What else? Huh, there we go. Um, and we got one from Doug who texts in and says he'd love to tell tell us what uh, his favorite show is, but his kids keep looping Squid Game over and over again on his computer and his TV, so he couldn't tell you. Or Squid he's, Game's the best. One out of two. He's just, he's just watching Squid Game over and over again. Squid Game was very popular. Maybe I'll have to check that one out. I didn't watch uh, Squid Game. It sounds like something I would enjoy because it's kind of... Uh, would it be a little science fiction-y or at least with the premise? It would be sci-fi. A little bit, yeah. Okay. All right. 780-496-0063. We got the news and weather, and then we got Gord Wilson from Ottawa.